For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in all which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be considered a curse. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The dust shall be the serpent's wool. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. The bad news that I have for you on this Easter day is that it just isn't all about you. I know, I know. So often we find great comfort in the fact that God loves us, that God is, has personalized his promises to us, that he has put his promise of resurrection, hope, and delivered it right to us, right to our minds right to our hearts. But the danger of that, of course, especially in 21st century North America, United States of America, is we're already got a whole lot of selfishness going on. This message from Isaiah reminds us that it isn't all about us. That we're included, of course. But God has a much, much bigger thing in mind than just us, which I'm going to put before you is a, is a very, very good thing. Can you imagine the new creation with nothing but you? I mean, really, nothing but you? Just you? I mean, as great as you'll be, perfect in every way, Stripped of sin, stripped of death, no more pain, no more sorrows, no more tears, just like the Johnson & Johnson commercials always promised back in the 70s. But just you? Now, I've heard some people say that the way they've heard the new creation, life after death with the Lord described, makes it seem very boring, just hanging out with parks and things like that. And it would be. And it would be even that much more boring if all of us were just all on our own, isolated from everyone else, that all God ever had in mind was to raise you. 
But in fact, he has this grand scope in mind. And what is so wonderful, so fascinating, and so beautiful about the moment of Easter when, when Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, rises from the dead, is it, it puts in such flesh and blood terms the parable that he spoke when he talked about the seed going into the ground and dying so that it could bear, what, just one fruit? No, that it could bear much fruit, abundant fruit. That, that Jesus, being crucified and buried in the ground, rising from the dead, is bringing with him all creation. The whole kitten caboodle. A new heavens and a new earth. Well, now we've got a place to move around. <laughs> now we've got a place to be. I mean, if, if the resurrection of the body is the Christian hope, which we confess in the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and every other creed, if the resurrection of the body is our hope, then you've got to have a place to be. So, first and foremost, a new cosmos, a new cosmos, where there's nothing inhibiting all the exploration and joy of that. How many stars do you imagine you can see now with the naked eye? And you could see a few more if you use one of those fancy gizmos. They've got names for them. But can you imagine the brilliance the brilliance of the night sky in the new creation? I can't. It is a wonder even now. Our, uh, our executive director, Ron Hitchman, goes traveling for work a lot. And he was up in Alaska a couple of weeks ago. Sent me back some fantastic pictures of the northern lights. It's been a while since I've seen those. A good long while. And even on my phone, Now, the new creation, there's not going to be any inhibition for any of the beauty that God made and has envisioned from the very, very beginning. We have absolutely no idea what that's going to be like. You can, you can fire your imagination to the heights of heaven to try to get hold of that, but I'm telling you right now, not only... Not only is the joy and the singing of the universe going to be so absolutely gorgeously beautiful, but think about the limitations of your own ears and eyes right now and how clear and clean and harmonious all of that will be. A new heavens and a new earth. He's going to recreate Jerusalem. Now, I know that sounds like a where, like a city. But remember what happens at the end of Scripture with that very city. It is adorned as a bride to come and meet her bridegroom. So in Scripture, as this, this city takes on more and more meaning throughout the course of prophetic expression, and prophetic imagination. It is not just aware, but it's also a home. 
He's going to recreate the people of God, the whole church, to celebrate in that new creation. There's going to be a, a harmonious call and response back and forth. No more, no more challenges, no more heartaches, no more beating up our heads against nature. So often we, we find ourselves trying to corral it or, or correct it or construct ways to endure it. All of that gone? Sorry, Mason, you're going to be out of job. <laughs> you're not going to need to find ways to survive hurricanes or, or bring resources from one place to another because it's all going to be there. Everybody's going to walk right outside their front door and have everything they need. It's not going to be shipped from one end of the world to another. Which means, of course, there's not going to be any reason for conflict or war either. Everybody's going to have all that the Lord has always promised to provide and has provided, but in patchy ways now that sin has broken our world. To not need to do any of that shifting around, surviving the whole the whole system of, of weather reporting for the sake of trying to figure out where the storms are going to hit, where the resources need to go, where the emergency workers need to go, where the tools of the trade there need to be found. All of that, all that a distance, distance memory, all of that a, a blessed wiping away of this new thing that God has now done. And the people of God in their place gathered together as one around the Lamb and the throne, they get to celebrate constantly their fellowship with God and with one another. Joy that is. What a marvel it is. But what will we do? Well, our text is clear. They will plant vineyards and they will eat their fruit. That sounds great. That sounds marvelous. They will build houses and they will live in them. They will rejoice in all the good gifts that God has to offer. They will sit out on their front porches and watch their neighbors go by and say, hey, how are you doing? And they'll be doing great. And you'll be doing great too. And in between each one of us, in every interaction, in every conversation, Jesus will be there. You see, he, he's there now by faith, but so often we look past him. And so often we... Pretend he's not there. And so often we want to get our agenda done instead of his. That'll be gone. It'll just be all the joy of God's fellowship expressed with you and me and all creation around. Christine, I'm sorry, we're going to get out of the job too. No disease. No pains. No no. It hurts right here. None of that. 
come to think of it, I'm going to be out of God too. Because <laughs> everyone will know the Lord. Everyone will know the Lord. No, no more will they say, do you know Jesus or do you know Jesus? Because they will all know Jesus. The celebration of all that he is and all that he's won. All that he's captured up for all of us to, to celebrate together. And I think that's the, such the beauty of this text and why I began by saying it's not all about you. Because it really is all about all of us. Earlier in Isaiah, the Lord had said to his servant who was going to do this work, in Isaiah 49, speaking to God the Son before he was, before he was born of the Virgin Mary, setting out the course for his work. It's, it's too small a thing, too small a thing for you simply to redeem the people of Israel. Too small a thing for you simply to redeem the, the people of Jacob. No, I've got, I've got bigger plans than that. They are the tip of the spear, and you, you are the, the seed that is going to bear this harvest and make it full. But just like he created the universe from day one through day six, he's, he's had his eye on the whole thing from the very beginning. What he lost when we exerted our will over his, he restores by recapturing us from the ground up, from the grave up. And this fruit-bearing seed, this multiplying abundance, it spreads out over the whole Universe. Now, now it's having its impact heart by heart, mind by mind, person by person. As the seed of the word, Jesus Christ is cast out over all the byways and byways, over all the fields, over rocky soil as well as thorn, thorny soil, but then also, yes, good soil too. And so that that growth can happen even now. A preview of coming attractions. But it starts here. It starts with Easter. It starts with the moment when the Son of God, the great craftsman, the great worker of creation, the great worker now of his new creation, comes forth out of the grave and does this mighty deed. No more will they labor and not get the fruit of what they labor for. And when it comes to conversation with God and prayer with God, before they even call, I'll answer. I'll know exactly what they need. And remember in the earliest parts of Isaiah's prophecy, when we talked about the child, we, we had this account in, at Christmas time where the, the ox and the lion and the, and the lamb and the lion all Share and fellowship together. That happens here. It's finally done. It's finally accomplished. We need to recognize that Easter celebration, the Easter morning, is, is not just about Jesus. And it's not just about us. 
but it's about all that God wants to redeem, to call back into fellowship with himself, to purify, sanctify, make holy, so that the celebration is as wide and broad and high and deep as it possibly can be. It starts with Jesus. It comes through us. But it sure doesn't stop there. God's vision for his new creation expands <laughs> and is expansive to include all who call upon his name. From the smallest of all the bugs to the one-celled little creatures, to the mighty waves of the ocean, to the stars of the heavens, and all the places and all the ways that you and I, with our newly refashioned immortal bodies, can celebrate what it is to be truly alive, more human, more authentically, truly human, than you have ever, ever been before. Because you, in that moment, along with all the rest of creation, recreated in Christ, will be as he has always envisioned, always loved. So it is about you. It is about all. All that God would gather together into his nail-scarred hands. Blood-bought, redeemed people, creation of God. To celebrate with him in all the ways that a human being can rejoice in his God. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.